0: Welcome to all things, trust and wills, the Albertson and Davidson podcast. Hello, this is Keith Davidson. Thank you for joining me for another episode of all things, trust and wills. On this episode of cross-examination, we have a special guest in our ALDAV studio, Mr. Rich Gaines with legacy legal. Rich Gaines is a very experienced estate planning and tax planning attorney with over 30 years of practice under his belt. He also has a master's in tax law. Mr. Gaines came up with a concept that he calls Foundations for Success. And when it comes right down to it, we work hard to earn our money. We save money. We invest money so it will grow. But then there comes a time when we want our money to work for us. We want our money to protect us, and we want our money to pass on to provide better lives for our children and grandchildren, and Mr. Rich is here to talk to us about how to do just that. Welcome
1: Rich Gaines. Thank you so much, Keith. It's a pleasure to be here. So let's
0: start off by just talking about what exactly is a legacy and why should I care about that?
1: A legacy in its simplest form is how you will be remembered. And it doesn't necessarily have to be something fancy, like the Bill Gates and the very high net worth people that we hear about quite often because the reality is that everybody's going to leave a legacy and the question is what kind of a legacy will that be is it one that you like is it one that you choose if it if a legacy isn't planned correctly it will be planned for you and a lot of times it'll be planned by people that you don't want planning it and with results that aren't necessarily the best so i think it's really important to understand that Regardless of who you are and even how much money you have, the question becomes, what is it that you want to achieve for yourself, for your family, for your future, for your family's future? And that, to me, is what legacy is all about.
0: So what's a good example that you've seen in terms of somebody building and and protecting a legacy?
1: Recently, I had the opportunity to go to Redondo Beach, and I met a family, and there were two twins, Bill and Bob, and they love the beach. They love to surf, they love to dive. That was their passion. And what they did is they took that passion, they took that love and they made a business out of it. They sell surfboards, they sell all kinds of beachware, they sell dive equipment, and they became a staple in the community. The surf and dive shop became a multi-million dollar family business. There's over 13 family members working in this business, uh, five of whom are very active. And the passion and the love for what Bill and Bob did was transferred to the children and the grandchildren. It truly became a success story that exemplifies what legacy is all about and how family can come together and create something very different when they're unified rather than uh, split apart or broken apart, which, of course, we see many, many times. And that's where uh, you, Keith, and your your company comes in, in, in the litigation side, which is to help make sure that what a family deserves is protected and they get their due share. And
0: we do see a lot of destruction in terms of family dynamics coming in and, you know, people acting in bad ways and a a family like you just described where you know with proper planning it can be all handled very successfully that same family could end up in absolute disaster and ruin so from your perspective Rich what makes legacy protection interesting?
1: Our core vision is we love to change the way people think and talk about wealth and when we use the word wealth we use it not only for money but in values beliefs and traditions We look at what are the values of the family, what are the beliefs that drive the different family members, and what are the traditions of those families. And we look to unify those three areas to show that a family has a history, it has an ancestry. There's a thread that runs through the family. Now, I'm not saying it's easy, because it isn't, because clearly everyone in families have different ideas and they have different thoughts about how they should live their life. And so the goal is to bring the families together and create the right communication to provide the right respect and deference to what each member of the family wants. And that's where the opportunities lie uh, to be able to look at where the differences might be in thinking and to see how we can move together in a positive way and resolve differences and create that uh, that those missions and those visions that allow a family to be on the same page and move in the same direction
0: so let's talk a little bit about how you're actually going to implement this idea when you actually sit down and and you draw up whatever whatever you're going to do and i have to say that i have a real beef with the term estate planning because i think it's been so thoroughly used and misused over the past decade, where it 's very difficult for people to even understand what an estate plan is, uh, you know everybody's being sold something that they claim is an estate plan, but it really isn't so when it comes to actually implementing the things that you do, how would you define it
1: well it's a good question, and I think I have to position it from the perspective of where the challenge is and the challenges is in what we call the commodity that even this industry is starting to become a a situation where people are looking for the most inexpensive solution something that they think they can buy off the shelf if you will and we have a lot of these traditional uh, structures in place and patterns distribution patterns and what's happening is that this plan is being put in place for something in the future but nothing is being the the actions aren't being taken today to bridge the gap between what people want for that future versus what they need to do today so as an example in a trust which we call a living trust so instead of thinking of it as a living breathing document that changes over time that you revisit that you look at how changes in families occur how changes in thinking occurs changes in wealth occurs and all of those things impact the future of a family and what that means but most of the time people do it as a one-time transaction that they say okay I got it done and now I don't have to worry about it for the next 40 years well that just is abs- that's an absolute disaster it's an absolute mess it, it's what endangers families it what it's what endangers uh, the wealth of the family and of course creates as you know Keith the litigation that that you see so often and so the challenge is to look at these standard provisions, such as health, education, support. What the heck do those terms mean? And, and it's beginning to dive deeper and uh, get people to understand that those words have very specific consequences. And if we can get clarity in our communication, the English language being a very ambiguous language, but if we can get common definitions as to what those terms mean and how they're to be implemented, then we can go a long way towards really making sure that the structures and the desires of what people want are truly implemented correctly.
0: Well, and I can say as a litigation lawyer, off-the-shelf products for estate planning are great for my business. So if you want to keep litigation lawyers fully employed and everybody should want to do that by the way then you should you should buy an off-the-shelf product and the problem of course that we see with them on a litigation perspective is the language isn't right the you know nobody has really thought out about how it's going to be implemented what the practical effects are going to be whether or not they even control any assets because maybe they created an off-the-shelf trust and yet they didn't put anything in there so it doesn't control anything so when it comes to litigation, I love off-the-shelf products, but when it comes to trying to put together something that's going to protect your legacy, you really should run the other way from an off-the-shelf product. So what, are, what should we be thinking about then if we're going to take this seriously in trying to plan and protect our legacies?
1: One of the ideas that came to me as you were just talking is the idea of fair versus equal, particularly in a family business, because you're going to have some members of the family working in the business, some members of the family not working in the business, and you're also going to be dealing with spouses, you're going to be dealing with potential, uh, potentially uh, the, the cousins and others that are in the extended family. And so the question becomes, what is fair, what is equal? E- equal is pretty straightforward. Everybody gets an equal share, but is that fair? What if one child has a special need, what if one person has circumstances that they require uh, being dealt with differently, not only emotionally but uh, from the wealth side, possibly even psychologically. I came from a family of three brothers, we're clearly different. I was the third child of the three. And so my needs, my timing is very different than the needs and timing of my brothers. And so part of that question that we deal with when we talk about the planning process is to get some clarity on how each of those needs uh, can be met. One of the best things that we can do in the planning process is to bring all of the family members together to have a discussion about those ideas now that doesn't necessarily mean that there's an obligation by the parents or whoever's doing the planning to necessarily have to implement what the kids are saying it doesn't just because the kids say well this is what I think doesn't mean the parents have to do it but I can tell you that when we have meetings and when we allow for the conversations to occur to come out and the kids to at least have a say-so about their feelings and their thinking that goes a massively long way towards resolving conflict and and making sure that those disputes don't come up and even sometimes in the best of all worlds in the best of planning this was not a plan that I did but we had a husband and wife who had a 30-year marriage and they had actually done very little planning they had a will but the will provided everything to go to the husband, which is pretty standard, and certainly in a thirty year marriage that's to be expected and What happened is the wife's stepson so this is a stepson from a former husband it wasn't even the stepson of the of the husband client that we're representing. he came in several days before the wife's death and basically changed the entire structure of what happened, created a trust, left everything to himself. I mean, it it was an absolute disaster. So even in some cases where the best planning is done, we can't necessarily protect against those bad actors coming in.
0: Yeah, and that's where litigation sooner or later may be inevitable for some estates. But let's talk about this concept, and I've heard you use the term before, mind map money. So let's take estate planning for a minute and let's just throw it out the window and say that term no longer applies because it it's lost its meaning so what is mind map money going to do for us that estate planning won't
1: so having the right mindset which is what the mind is all about having the right map or plan and the right approach to money and that's the common thread and so the the notion here is that we have if we have one piece missing or one piece out of alignment then breakdowns will occur for example you can have a great plan And even your approach to money may be pretty good. But if you don't have the right mindset, it'll get blown. It'll get lost. We have, I've created characters relating to this idea of the mindset. For example, the superhero who doesn't plan because he doesn't think he's going to die. Or Wile E. Coyote from the Bugs Bunny uh, cartoons. Wile E. Coyote thinks he can do it himself. And when you do it yourself and you don't have the right collaborative relationships, it's pretty much going to end up what happens with Wiley Coyote, which is explosions and bombs and disaster. And so all of these uh, ideas of Mind Map Money is if we do these things in the right sequence, if we put our right mindset in place, if we know that we've taken care of how we approach what we do, that we have the right passion, we have the right commitment we have the right drive in our lives with the right vision and the right goals vision and goals coming from the map side that's the plan putting together a good plan for yourself and what that means and then making sure that your approach to money is being done uh, well And by the approach to money, I I talk about things, particularly in business settings, about paying yourself first because many times what we see with businesses is they're so focused on paying all their bills that what they end up with at the end of the month is nothing. And so they don't put any money back into themselves. They don't invest in their future. And at the end of the day, all they've done is kind of had a job that uh, was working for themselves. And that can be a very, very... uh, difficult and discouraging thought after many, many years. And
0: I really like the way that mind map money comes together and ends up being a much bigger concept than estate planning ever could be because we're not talking about creating a simple, you know, one trust and then never looking at it again or creating one will and never thinking about it again. What we're talking about is a holistic approach. And You know, I think people really neglect their own, they don't value themselves. And so this is about taking a step back and putting some value and investment into yourself and your future and your family's future, for that matter, to try and get where you want to go. So you're saying you start with the mindset, the map is the plan that you implement, and you map it out. What are some of the elements of mapping out a plan? Because it it could include a trust, but it could include so much more.
1: Absolutely. Uh, we, we actually have something we call the seven clarities when we talk about the planning process uh, or the mapping process and, and the first clarity is about your vision. We, we, we use the term vision in the sense of what kind of a difference do you want to make in the world. And again, going back to my original comment about legacy, your vision doesn't necessarily have to be that you're gonna invent some application that's gonna change everybody's lives it can be simply what's the vision for the family or how do you see that family doing things in the future coming together and having their get-togethers on holidays or something special that people do every year so the vision is the first thing then we have the mission which is how you carry out that vision we have you get into then uh, areas such as your goals So what are the specific things that you want to accomplish every year? And how are you going to take action on those goals every single day? Leadership is very important in the process of the planning process. Um, What kind of a leader are you going to be? How are you going to move your family forward? Now, I understand that some people may be saying well you know I don't have much of a family and I don't really know what that means you know if you have kids or you have friends or you have a a spouse even if you have no kids if we have blended families we have all kinds of areas or or examples uh, that there is family you have a family of some sort and so it becomes a question of what you want to have happen with that family we also talk about things like your own health and your own, maybe I'll call it dedication, to you. So you have to, you have to have me time. You have to do things that uplift you, that energize you, that keep you healthy. And so all of those components are part of what we call uh, the map.
0: It's so interesting to me how in litigation cases, for example, people invest so much time and money and emotional toll, and yet litigation is an immediate threat, so they almost have to pony up to the table and do it. Whereas planning is not an immediate threat, and so a lot of times people hold off on doing it, which is really unfortunate because it would save so much grief uh, later on. But again, I think that goes back to valuing yourself and your position and everything you've worked for. So if you really want to protect that and not let it fall and become endangered, then you really should think about what is the mind map and money that you need to pursue. And I I really, the more I hear you talk about the more I like that term, just because I think it it invents a new paradigm that estate planning simply can't capture. And then on the money side, I I take it that that's a matter of now that you have the right mindset, you have the right map and plan then you have to follow through on that and actually come back and check up on it and and continue to tend to it is that right
1: yeah absolutely that's uh, that's correct and and one of the things that is so important that when we talk about litigation being the pain and planning being the elective and you know I'll put it off and that was something that I struggled with for a very long time I had to figure out how do we make this this idea of planning an immediate Benefit for people. And I realized that many times what business owners do is they focus on the sales side and they focus on the top line revenue. They focus on how do I make more money? How do I make more money? And what happens is there's a hole in the bucket and the money just leaks out through the hole in the bucket on the backside. And it occurred to me that saving money is the opposite side of the same coin. And as I got thinking more and more about the idea of saving money and what that means, it's actually less expensive to save money. Because what do you have to do when, when you make money? You have to go out and you have to acquire a client. You have to spend money on all the marketing and all the effort of producing the product or the service in order to make that money. And this is where most people focus their time. Most businesses and people think, you know, that's, that's how I do it. If I continue to make more money, make more money, make more money, it'll work. Well, once you've made the money, the flip side is if there are strategies and ways such as in the taxes or the planning process uh, and in money management, which is getting into the financial advisory side of things, if you can save that dollar that's already in your pocket, Isn't that a heck of a lot easier than the dollar is gone through taxes, through litigation, through costs, through more investing, and now you have to go replace that with more sales? The idea of the money management goes to that idea of saving money. It goes to the idea of paying yourself first. It goes to the idea of investing correctly. It goes to the idea that you can utilize strategies to keep that money, and the more that you can keep that money, the better off you are. There are seminars and workshops out there that that, that tout and talk about how if you just start putting a little bit away each day, what that does, and I can tell you from personal experience, it's a massively, incredibly positive and uplifting strategy that even if it's a small amount of money, I mean, even if you put away maybe $50, $100 a week, all of a sudden, after a month, two months, three months, you realize, wow, I've got $500, $1,000, $2,000 put away. And how that makes you feel, it gives you a, a positive, successful outlook that what you're doing is, is fantastic, and then you can treat yourself.
0: Well, when you think about the money side, I mean, just the tax issues alone, I mean, if you're a high-income earner, you're lucky to keep 50 to 60% of what you make, whereas if you take what you've earned that's already been taxed and you invest and let that grow, it it grows tax-free, certainly until it's sold, and even then it's subject to a much lower tax than what income tax would be. So, I mean, that's just… Such an exciting concept, and it's not one that I think is ever emphasized that much. So by the time you get the mindset and the map and the money, you now have everything you need to be successful, not just for yourself, but your family and your kids and grandkids. And that's what I love about looking at it from that angle versus just estate planning, which is really just one piece in a very large puzzle. So what you've done is instead put together a much better puzzle and, and it broken it down into three simple pieces that you just put each piece into position and you have something that you can then work with and I saw that the, you did this coaching concept I haven't seen that before and my thought is well what is coaching in this area and why would somebody want it?
1: What we've done in this Foundations for Success program is we've created a, a continuum for people. We have online education for people that just want to get more knowledge, more information for themselves to be able to implement that in their own business, maybe they're not at the point where they really even need the service or they're at a point where they don't need the service because they're doing very well, their business is is running smoothly, and so we've provided the online education as a platform for uh just that actually it's just it's just it's education in various different areas, and it doesn't matter whether you 're a high net worth individual or not um it's it's The information is neutral. It's designed to be uh, available for anyone in any different position. So for example, some of the things that we deal with are we'll deal with um, uh, IRS and the different levels of the IRS, we'll deal with um, the different types of taxing agencies. will deal with questions of income tax and business tax deductions. We'll deal with how to protect the business from the legal and tax perspective, some of the strategies that are available. So it really doesn't matter what level of business you are, these things are are available to you. The coaching is the second part of the program that you were just uh, referring to, and it's very exciting. Um, the idea of the coaching is looking at four different areas we look at business we look at legal or law we look at tax and we look at money and the goal of the coaching program is that for a monthly membership you call in once a week and you can ask any question Uh, on uh, those four different types of areas, and we'll provide uh, coaching around that.
0: So, Rich, you've described coaching before with three very specific words, which is discipline, accountability, and support. And I really like those three words, but maybe you can expound on that and just explain what does that mean, discipline, accountability, and support.
1: The people that we like to work with are committed to their success, And that commitment requires being disciplined, doing things over and over again, sometimes even when you don't want to. The biggest transformation that can occur in people is when they hold themselves accountable to their results. They don't blame others. They don't blame circumstances. They take responsibility. They realize that all of the, what they're creating in life is that they're accountable to what they're creating. If somebody's having a bad day and, you know, or if you're having a bad day, how you present yourself to others, even when you're having a bad day, is important. You may, you may be feeling down, but it's important not to show that. It's important to show that you still, you don't take things out on other people, that you respect them, that you uplift them, that you support them so being accountable to your own actions is part of that process Um, one of the things we see a lot in the seminar industry and why it doesn't work is what we call the shelf help people go to the seminars and they get the information and they think "Oh, this is great and then they stick it on the shelf they stick the information on the shelf they never use it and they wonder why it is that these seminars you know they just got ripped off or whatever they feel and part of the challenge there is about our human condition we get into habits we get into patterns that um, as human beings and we have to break those patterns and so we have to have our own discipline we have to have our own commitment we have to have that accountability and of course the support piece is the best which is that it's having a coach it's having somebody there to help you when you're having a challenge when you're stuck when you're in that fog when you're kinda directionless getting somebody and having somebody to be able to just talk through things and support you is really what um, what is the the most valuable part of the the coaching program
0: so i want to thank you very much for being with us today rich it was a pleasure talking to you and listen to your your view of these things
1: thank you keith it was great to be here pleasure talking with you as well and we wish everyone the best of success
0: if you'd like more information on rich Gaines and his foundations for success program you can visit his website at familylegacylegal.com that's familylegacylegal.com for information about this and many other trust and will topics, visit our website at aldavlaw.com. That's a l d a v law.com. Thank you for joining us for this episode of All Things Trust
1: and Wills.